We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir? Yes, no. No? Sir, sir uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not right no, now. No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fucking ball. That gets a free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. It is our last episode of Rom-Com Month, and I want to start off by shouting out a new member of our Big Screen Sports Patreon group. Shout out new patron, John Craig. He joins uh, the rest of our big chill producer-level patrons. That's Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D., Ryan Yeager, Mike Dries, James Kolewski, Chris Mykoski, Andrew Teagle, and our newest patron, John Craig. Big thanks to him. Big thanks to every member of that Big Screen Sports Patreon group. Lots of perks for our patrons, uh, but in any tier, they get voting privileges, which brings us to this episode, today's episode, wrapping up Rom-Com Month with Palm Springs, as voted on by our Patreon members, and also uploaded early for our Patreon members with no ads. So that's another, not a guaranteed perk, because I... A lot of the time, you know, a little behind the curtain here, get the episode done about an hour before I upload it. But uh, when it can be uploaded early, it does for those Patreon members. Big thanks to them for supporting the show. Let's get into it. Our last episode of Rom-Com Month, Alex McDaniel, Caroline Darney, Mike Golick Jr., Palm Springs. Let's ride. All right. Returning to the show to wrap up Rom-Com Month. Gang's all here, folks. Alex McDaniel, Caroline Darney. Mike Golick Jr. Folks, how are we doing tonight? Everyone excited to talk about Palm Springs? Ooh. Fired up. <laughs> Fired up. I all, and now wait. I'm so mad at myself for not going in with a woo. <laughs> We're woo girls. Sorry. Woo. I'm glad that we both went with it. <laughs> Perfect. You can uh, you can check out all the content on For the Win with Alex, Bet for the Win with Caroline, and you can you can just follow Mike on Twitter. See what see what Mike's up Unemployed to. Unemployed Mike. <laughs> I he's doing IG lives. He's he's all over the place. I'm getting drunk and working out of my friend's cookbook because boy oh boy, the days have already begun to blend together. 
<laughs> it's the perfect movie for you right now. I was now. about to yes. say, yeah, he's stuck in a time loop. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Very haunting reminder. <laughs> so uh, I, I think let's just get right into it. Uh, let's wrap up rom-com month. We are talking about Palm Springs, the 2020 romantic comedy. Stuck in a time loop, two wedding guests develop a budding romance while living the same day over and over again. It starred Andy Samberg, Christine Milioti, and J.K. Simmons. It was directed by... Max Barbacal, that's a hell of a name. Uh, this was this was really our first new release post pandemic. This came out like a month after COVID hit hit Hulu streaming. Uh, besides, of course, Trolls World Tour, just the Oscar winning <laughs> Trolls World Tour. Uh, but this one, it, I pulled this from the trivia. Palm Springs broke the record for most viewed Hulu release in its first weekend on the streaming service, which makes sense because we are all stuck at home. But this was a delight. All the people, the you know, it seemed like everyone saw this. Mike Golick Jr., you did not see this. You somehow missed this. Fresh eyes. You just finished your rewatch. What's the verdict? Yeah, so and, and I think that's actually really interesting to note in all this because we had a lot of these conversations, especially with this podcast in mind, about Ted Lasso and about how like viewing habits change so much during and post-pandemic. And so even without the context of being stuck at home, I can firmly and very definitively say this movie was a delight. It had so many of the things that like, I think most of us love and enjoy about rom-coms, which is using entirely unrealistic situations to highlight very real life elements that are present in a lot of things. So did a phenomenal job of that. I, I, I like this one for me, just coming off of set it up this one, the clear winner. And you guys made it, made it clear as you know, we talked about this some last week, but for me, this was the one. Yeah. I mean, I, I love set it up and I think we, you know, we made that clear. We, we, we stumped for that yes. movie for an hour and 30 <laughs> minutes last week, but Palm Springs. Yeah. It, it's a step ahead. This is, I mean, aside from just, the, just the pandemic aspect of it, that we needed some new content. Like this one went above and beyond for that. It was more than just something new to stream. Like this is, especially after rewatching it again last night or this weekend, like this is one of my favorite movies to come out in like five years. Like Caroline, when you first, you know, threw this one on and then was it an instant hit for you? Oh, hundred percent. And I actually don't think that I had rewatched it until I did for the podcast. So I watched it when it first came out and loved it. And then for some reason, I don't know why, but I just hadn't thrown it back on. And as soon as it started, like, right. Oh man. I just, the first, I think, you know, I could go on for a very long time about the <laughs> finale of How I Met Your Mother. Alex has heard oh, me. Oh my God. And this ties in because Christine Milioti is one of the most endearing yes. characters and actresses. And I don't know how she's not in more things. Like, I would like to see her in more things. Like, she just, her comedic timing is outstanding um without being like overly in your face funny like she's not trying to hit a punchline she just delivers and I think that's where I get so mad about how I met your mother and I'm gonna get you know blind with rage if I talk about it too long but <laughs> they brought her in introduce you to her then Ted kills her whatever storyline they want you to believe um killer she died of <laughs> cancer I I don't know. Yeah. Sickness, unknown yeah. sickness. So yeah. after he used her for babies that he couldn't get from Robin. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> I digress. Uh, but no, she was such a delight in the short episodes that you got from her. And 
this just reminds you like how great she is. And it's just like the delivery, like early on in the wedding where she goes to the bartender. It's like the first scene where they're all at the wedding. You don't yet know we're in a time loop. And she, the bartender pours her glass and she's like, what is this? Like, this is not the time for moderation, I think she says. And she, the bartender goes, it's not good wine. She goes, I don't care. And it was just like this perfect delivery and like relatable. And I just, from that moment, I think when I saw it the first time and then in the rewatch was just like, yeah, I like this movie. Like I'm going to, I'm going to thoroughly enjoy this movie. She's phenomenal in this and her companion in this movie, Alex, we're kind of coming full circle because we started this year out talking about Hot Rod, which is is Andy Samberg just, just getting into film. And then Two Alex months only kind later. of likes that movie, though. She's just like on the fence for Hot Rod. <laughs> She's seen it like once, maybe. Uh, Hot Rod was was Alex's opus. Yes. <laughs> so I, you know, what's interesting, and Kyle, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I looked this up earlier. What I saw, this movie came out in July. I was thinking it came out like, you know, how time is all together now for us for COVID. Like we were all quarantining in March. This didn't Wait, come did out. it not? It didn't come out in April. Uh uh-uh. uh Oh my god! I thought it came out like Trolls right away. Trolls did though, so you were right there. But <laughs> I mean, listen, that's like that's a holiday in my household. I know the day it was Trolls Easter. Came out. But um, if I get stuck in a time loop, the first thing I'm doing is getting a Trolls tattoo done on my <laughs> done on my back. Well, the first thing I thought about when I saw that it was July, I had to put myself back because I remember watching it friend of the pod, Adam Amin, we did the thing where you like sync it up at the same time. We just texted the whole time. I remembered then I had been laid off from SB nation at the end of what was that April. And I was very much in that time loop of, you know, we're locked inside. I don't have a job. Some call it the Mike Golick. <laughs> way of being. <laughs> it was unemployed, Alex. I didn't know what I was doing. I was very depressed. And I just remember really loving that movie. And the first thing I texted Adam, we were actually just talking and he brought this up. I was like, when did Andy Samberg get hot? Because he's always been cute. Always cute. We always love him, but he's like legit hot in this movie. He's hot. I was going to ask like the same question because I actually was going to ask. Is he hot? Like I needed the validation of (laughs) feeling that way. Yes. Yeah. I was going to. It was like. (laughs) It's something in the way he moves his jaw. I don't want to get into this too much because I, I could really get in the weeds here, but there's something about the jaw movement and like the way that he enunciates. And the, I'm just, I'm just saying he didn't have that in hot rod. Okay. <laughs> Developed as an actor. <laughs> he has to be hot Andy in this one though, because if he is just a goofball, if he's hot rod and he's got, it helps that he's got a better haircut, but if he's got like the the fro thing he's got going on, it doesn't work. He has to be seen as sexually viable in this. Yes. And he is. Yeah. <laughs> Heard it here. Well done. I mean, we, we are collectively looking and we're liking. Uh, we're liking what we see. <laughs> well done, Andy. The the question that we we have to discuss before we get into the movie itself, it's the thing that this movie makes you ponder the entire time you're in it, is what are you doing if you're stuck in this time loop? at this wedding. Um, so I, I wanted to wanted to just gauge, I'm sure everyone gives thought. I want to do a caveat that like Alex, you and I, we can just say up front, we would, we would go fly and go see our kids, you know, all the time. Sure. We, would, we, would, we would go hop out on a flight. <laughs> get, that, get all that nonsense out in the front. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But you know, there, 
listen, not an ideal situation to be stuck in a time loop. Doesn't seem doesn't seem like the best. A lot of drawbacks. The one thing is, you're in Palm Springs, city with what what I've heard is a fairly nice small airport, probably easy to catch a flight. You have the full you basically have your full credit limit every single day to do whatever you want to do. So, Mike, you look very excited, Mike. I want to I want to go to you first. You're stuck in a time loop. What? How are you spending this time? That's the thing. I, I am going to go everywhere and do everything. Like, if you're really at this point, and they do a good job at kind of hinting that because they basically sort of cliff notes the entire Groundhog's Day movie to make sure, like, hey, we understand conceptually is the same. I did all the suicides. Like, I did all that different stuff in here that you would associate with that. But like we even get into it uh, sort of at the end with her, it's like you have time to, I've always said like the regret in life is you only can, you know, once you go down a certain path, it becomes a lot harder to do everything you've ever been interested in. College is the same way. You go and can sometimes get one, maybe two degrees, like depending on how you stick around, you've got time for all of it now. So again, if I'm stuck here, there is certainly a level of dread that comes with that. But then once you settle in and sort of give in to, you know, the limitless nature of your universe, that's like, all right, I may as well get every experience possible. All right. I have a follow-up question though, Mike. As so I know you love weddings. Are you stoked that your time looped at a wedding? Oh, absolutely. Now, like, like if you <laughs> default to staying in Palm Springs, are you stoked that that situation is like your one of your favorite events? And, and I, I always joke like I, I'm getting the chance to officiate my sister's wedding coming up in April because I've done everything else humanly possible in the wedding. So now for this one, like I'd have played every instrument in the band. I would have probably <laughs> killed the guy who was officiating the wedding and done it myself <laughs> and all that because again, he'll be back. I know. Pain is real on this, but you know, like the instantaneous nature of it, will come back tomorrow. So <laughs> I'd have done, I'd have done everything in that wedding. I would have filled every role; it would have been outstanding. Caroline, you're stuck in this time loop. What's the move? How often do you go to the wedding? Actually, that's what I want to ask they, you. Yeah, too. I mean, that's like depends on what my role adjacent is. So if I'm like Andy Samberg, if I'm Niles, and I'm like a kind of adjacent, I think I go more frequently than if I'm. Sarah, who just slept with the groom <laughs> and like <laughs> has family drama. Like, I think that plays into it. Um, it looked like a pretty fun wedding. I'm not gonna lie. I thought like it looked like a good time. Um, I love Peter Gallagher. Like, I need to get that out up front. Like, we talked last uh, for the set it up one about how much I love Sleepless in not Sleepless in Seattle while you're sleeping. Sleepless in Seattle is fine. It's no while you were sleeping. But there's something about Peter Gallagher. Like, and I also don't know if anyone watches Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Like, yes, well, obviously, yes. Oh my God, Peter Gallagher. I just love him so much. So like, <laughs> if I get to hang out with Peter Gallagher, like I'm going to also take a chance to hang out with Peter Gallagher. Um, oh my God. I think the whole thing also, the dynamic shifted or we don't get to see a lot of it where it's just Andy on his own. We don't know how much of it is Andy on his own. Because then he also introduces J.K. Simmons, which is chef's kiss, beautiful, shows up every few days and hunts him. Um, And then obviously adding in Christina Million. And is that right? Yeah. I'm I'm like now in my head, I'm thinking about the singer. Um, But also great. Christina Million. Also great. (laughs) A lot lot of bangers in the early 2000s. Definitely come to. But like, I, I guess I'm trying to say is like, if you have someone to pal around with, I think that also changes the dynamic. But I absolutely love that 
you remember what you did from each day. So like when she learned physics, she didn't forget everything that she learned the first 24 hours that she was studying, that it was, it compounds. So like, I'm with Mike, like, you know, do I have time to like go to Paris? Like it's probably going to be close and I'll be real tired. And like, if you fall asleep on the plane, are you toast? You know what I mean? Like there's a reset if you take a nap. Like, I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Like you could do, like, I've always wanted to go to Japan. You're on the West coast. Like, Hey, let's give that a try. But like, imagine you get like you're 12 hours into the flight and you doze off real quick and you wake up and Misty's like shaving her legs in front of you. It's like, fuck. Like, damn it. Um, but yeah, I would definitely, you know, like I love that they went flying, obviously like that's Mm -hmm. the thing. I just, I think that there's, there's so much, I don't know that I would drink. I don't, maybe I would drink every day. I don't know. Would I drink every day? I don't know. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah? I, I also <laughs> just realized. Home over, right? Yeah, because no. you can't be hungover. Oh, that is a good question. So you get to take all of the mental capital from the day before, but none of the physical damage. It's, yeah. You're like a video game character. Yeah. 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 I've also, I, I was kind of wondering, I, I would assume it is however they woke up feeling that morning too. So like the bummer okay. would be if, if, if Niles got hammered the night before. <laughs> you just wake up, up hungover every day? Hangover. Yeah. every single time which would ex- explain the beers by the pool every day i do enjoy the also, fact that this has essentially become we would live out tim mcgraw's live while you were like you were dying like, <laughs> that's essentially what this becomes is like oh yeah i'd get on a, i'd get on a bull and i'd do all this crazy shit because nothing's real i would 100 learn a dance like they did though because that was awesome yeah, that, I mean that's one of my favorite oh. parts of the movie, just in that in that <laughs> montage. Alex, what's your go-to if you're stuck in a time loop? I mean, I think it would be something different every day. I think I would definitely one of those days would be like flight to Memphis, spend some time on Beale Street. Last thing I'd do is drive the hour and a half to Oxford and eat chicken on a stick. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I would make it a point to kind of do a little bit of everything, but you know, we said earlier, and I'm not saying it's untrue when it comes to like, of course we'd be with our kids, but like, you know, my kids at the age now, he's so much fun and we go on adventures all the time. And so I was thinking about this earlier. I was like, what would be like a perfect day that we've had that I'd be fine living forever because he's fun now, you know, he's not in diapers anymore. And so, I don't know. I think the the hard thing is, so, you know, the director and even Andy said this about the movie, we're supposed to believe that by the time he meets um, Sarah, he's been in that time loop for 40 years. So this isn't just like, he's been doing it for a few months. Like, can you imagine 40 years stuck in the same day? I think that's the problem. You would hit the pool drinking moment where you're just like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go drink all day because I have to, it's better than going back to sleep and starting over. Which again, in the context of the pandemic, like I always joke, I had three different bodies during the pandemic. Like I was really fit for a while. I ate a pint of ice cream for breakfast every morning for three weeks for a while. Like (laughs) you, you go, I mean, you have time to be everything at that point. So it is very like, uh, again, recent history will give us all some familiarity with this concept. The one thing for me is calories don't matter in the time loop. And so I'm doing every day I am flying to a new city and doing food tours. Oh yeah. That's what I'm doing. We're, we're going to New York. We're going to Boston. We're going to the South. We're, we're going everywhere. We're getting international. If we can stay awake, like we're just, we're (laughs) eating our way through the world. So that's, that's the plan. Also, I I love Disney World. I'm going to Disney all the time. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting in an expensive room, going all the time. It's going to be great. Because I was going to say, here's the other question is, say you 
wake up every day at like Disney World or Disneyland. Like now the same question comes in like, how many times do you go? Is that like the wedding? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to yeah. think of like, what is the worst place that you could, I mean, outside of like prison or something <laughs> like where you're, <laughs> what's the worst, you know, like what is the worst situation where you said, cause again, I think a wedding, and this is why I love that they chose this. Cause it's just messy enough that it can be emotionally draining to do it every day and like go through the same, like, you know, you hear them complaining about her parents complaining about her, like the drama with the different whatever his girlfriend cheating on him, like all this stuff. Like, like I get that, but it's also like weddings are fun. And so, if you just want to drink by the pool and go to the wedding and have like cake and like whatever, like that's not a bad thing. What What is the worst? What is, I mean, hmm. the worst place to get stuck in all of this probably like ooh. you're on a work trip and it's in like a bad city. Yeah. Like a like a bummer ass city. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna drag any cities through the mud, but you're just I kind will. of in a city with a bad airport. <laughs> Starkville, Mississippi. <laughs> and you're like surrounded by cowbells. You wake up <laughs> the worst. Just add one of the baseball games. Just off the top of my head. <laughs> well, I, I guess to to it's your the point, one made like, me. if you wait, if you woke up to just the sound of ringing cowbells every time in perpetuity, like. That's a level of anxiety I I cannot cave with. Yeah, I would also learn physics at that point. I I would also, while we're adding the things that we would do, a bunch of nonviolent crimes. Oh, I am breaking into the hostess factory and going to the assembly line where they fill out the Swiss cake rolls. Like I'm gonna die several <laughs> times being crushed to death by the machinery that makes your favorite treats. I promise everyone that I am gonna be in the Grater's ice cream factory with my head hooked up to the hose, seeing if you can physically die having ice cream shoot out every orifice in your body. I promise you all that. I might break into all the places they go in National Treasure. Like I might do that. I might start seeing how good I can get at breaking into places. Like play a play a daily game how far can i get into the white house before i get caught and just like each day get better and better and then finally really? like one day yeah, i like yeah. i tap joe biden's head and like i win <laughs> like <laughs> so have have any of y'all seen last man on earth it was a show yes. with will forte, That's yeah. will forte right? so i yeah. think about the same thing you know it's a show about a virus wiping out the planet he thinks he's the only one left on earth and i'm not going to get far into this i just want to say one of the elements that's fascinating to me is like you open on him like he's sleeping at the White House because there's no one there to stop him. He's going like he takes a gun and he shoots through doors at grocery stores and just loads his cart. You don't have to stop at stop signs anymore. And I think that idea of like lawlessness or at least no consequences is fascinating. And going back to the food thing, like my dream in life is to eat a carb without feeling guilty. It's never happened ever. <laughs> and I just just once just once I want that. I had cheesecake at tapas tonight. Just throw that up there and it was brag oh, about it love it it was love cheesecake. I, full of regret again but just, it was, <laughs> i would do palm, that you know not in palm springs not, not in palm, palm springs, springs. dessert for breakfast <laughs> baby let's go <laughs> let's dive into the, the imdb trivia a little bit this one actually has a great imdb trivia page worth diving in through the whole thing um, I, I pulled a couple notable ones. Uh, this one, Andy Samberg admitted multiple endings were written and even shot. They held private friends and family screenings of the different versions to get opinions on which ending worked. Samberg jokes, all right, it might not be perfect, but everyone liked it. 
I am dying to know what the other endings were. I'm sure they were like a variation of something a little more definitive, something even a little more vague, maybe something a little darker. I I do love the ending of this movie, but this it. is something yeah, this is something Alex and I have talked about what we miss and not getting DVDs anymore with all these alternate endings and stuff like that. Like this would be one that I would love to see all those different endings, but it also I think I think they fucking nailed it. Like I, I think I think it's perfect ending. Yeah, I think what I really liked about like I already mentioned the learning the physics is just awesome to me where she's like, I'm gonna do this thing and find and when she does that Zoom call or whatever with the physicist and he's like, So why do you need me? And that <laughs> look on her face of pride where it's like, I don't. I figured this out. Um, and you know, we all here have like watched and talked about Loki and various MCU things dealing with multiverses and all of that fun stuff. But, um, because I think they could have easily taken the route that they kind of played with and they talked about where she was like, Oh, I just have to do the right thing. And that's karma, like fixing it. And, or it's like freaky Friday and you like, you know, whatever at the same time, (laughs) like, I don't even Mm -hmm. remember how they switched back, like eating, like fortune cookies at the same time or something i don't remember anymore um but it was something that was like she solved it and i love that she solved it as opposed to like they kind of fell into the solution to get out of this time loop and that um that he had to make a choice and that he admitted it wasn't fear that he just and alex that helps i didn't know that there was supposed to be a timeline of like 40 years but like imagine that you've lived consequence free even if it was a lonely life for a long time and no one you knew died, no one you knew had any ish, like real pain or physical issues, like everyone else was fine. You just stayed in the same day. Like, I can't imagine, I can, I can understand that he was like, I just kind of want to stay here. I'd miss my mm-hmm. dog though. Fred, Fred deserves <laughs> the reunion. <laughs> but again, been for 40 years, he might've, he might've gone to see Fred a few times. Like, you also never, true. You, Never know. I mean, not to step on our last category, but that would be an interesting kind of kind of prequel. Um, this this piece of trivia I'm mentioning for for two reasons. Um, the scene where it's first revealed that Sarah had sex with Abe was distracting to early test audiences because Tyler Hawkland's torso was so ripped. It was pulling attention <laughs> away from Sarah's face and drama, so they used color correction to knock its visibility down some. Oh my God. If I were him, I would tattoo that statement onto my chest. I would have note cards and pass it out. This is a thing that happened because of me. That's incredible. I'm saying that too. I am once again, just a man standing here asking my co-host to go watch everybody want some because he is also in that along with Glenn Powell. It is worth 90 minutes of your time. Like it for so many reasons. I would be furious, by the way. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. We spend so much of our time in Hollywood glorifying these ripped up bodies. I think this is my big moment. So I made, like, I don't don't know what he did, but I always said if I was going to be a movie, I'd probably hit a cycle before. Like, they're not going to test me for anything here. Let's throw a little HGH into the mix and all of this and really come out on the other side (laughs) shining like a diamond. And now all of a sudden you're going to dull that shine? No, 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 no. Yeah. I might, I might pursue legal action. <laughs> I mean, he's he's an athlete too. He played second base at uh, UC Irvine. But uh, last one I got, and this is, I want to, uh, Alex, I'm going to kick this question to you. Oh, no. It's towards the end of the film before they escape the time loop. Sarah can be seen leaving a voice message. This voice message is meant to inform Roy on how to escape the loop. My thing here, 
Sarah's leaving that voicemail late at night to Roy. I think it's the one I spoiler. I didn't write anything that didn't work about this movie, but it's the one potential flaw and that she's giving that after the, after she makes a speech, she's giving that late in the wedding. Roy's settled down. He's married. He's got young kids. Like he might be asleep. She's like, you'd think that would have been one of the first things she did that morning was to give him ample time to, to get that message and digest it. That's my worry is like, she could have left that message and left Roy completely out to completely out to hang. Like he doesn't he doesn't escape the loop because she didn't get the he didn't get the message in time. Oh, because even if yeah, you're right. Because I was gonna say like oh well, it's November, so it'll probably get darker earlier. So maybe it's only like seven o'clock. But even then, he has to listen to it and be able to get there. Yeah, I don't know if he has to get there, but he the, has to. He just yeah. has to be able to listen to it and understand it. But like if oh, also if the true. day okay, ends, yeah, if he, he goes to sleep that. without checking his voicemail he doesn't get it. And Roy is stuck in the time loop forever. So she should have left that message in the morning. That's <laughs> way really just critique. <laughs> For a movie that did so many things with very specific notions in mind, that is a valid criticism. Yeah. I, I just wanted to point that yeah. out. I love um, that. Let's roll into best scenes. Um, I tried to be picky. I wasn't very successful. Um, <laughs> The the first wedding, essentially our first, this is before we know for sure we're in the loop. Niles gives a lot of indications that he is in a, he is in a time loop. And if you know the plot of this movie, you're, you, you know, you know what's going on, but it's, it's the Sandberg show for sure. Like from the, from the first moment when he's like going in for the save, babe, I'd like to share my thoughts on love. Just <laughs> phenomenal from Alex. Is this, is this where he's first, where hot Andy first shows up? Is yes. this is that scene? Uh-huh. The speech and the way he looks at her and like, and even though it's a little creepy at first, and she's like, why are you looking at me? The way he looks at her and the way he um, emphasizes certain words. And like, I just, I, it's a wonderful scene. And by the way, Meredith Hagner, did y'all talk about her last week? So I know she's in set it up. We yes! praised her last okay. week. <laughs> so fun <laughs> fact. Two opposite characters. Here's, yeah. here's how I came to know her. A little movie called A Gift Wrapped Christmas that came on Lifetime. She played this um, personal shopper. The whole time I was thinking to myself, God, she reminds me so much of Kate Hudson. Everything she does reminds me of Kate Hudson. She is married to Kate Hudson's brother in real life. What? Yes. And they look so much alike. And she reminds me a little bit of Goldie too. But anyway, I digress. I just wanted to get wow. that out there because I love her. I know she reminds me, you should really see a gift wrap Christmas, but she's got like the big smile. And there are some pictures you can't even tell the difference. And we don't have to get into what that means. But like, <laughs> <laughs> <I> just <laughs> I'm just saying, I think it's really interesting. Let's not explore the subtext of this at all. Yeah, let's not think too hard about it, but we love her. We love her. Um, yeah, but I just, that speech and I mean, God, give me an articulate man who just stares at me. I'm done. By the way, in my continued ignorance in all of this, I had forgotten that the plot of this was a Groundhog style-esque day. So I watched <laughs> all of that, like piecing together very slowly what was happening. And it wasn't until, until he like leaned back into the dance floor to put a chair underneath her dad that I was like, oh wait, he's lived this before. So yeah. I really the could not team. have walked into this dumber than I did. <laughs> And I feel like my experience is better for this. So ignorance, yeah. truly bliss, kids. Don't listen to anyone who tells you otherwise. It's true. The dancing was just such a great way to introduce it, though. Like, it was so... Nothing that they did, I thought, was super heavy-handed, which is what I, one of the things that I absolutely love about this was, like... Except for J.K. Simmons coming out of nowhere and shooting him with an arrow. <laughs> which is, again, okay. I'm not mad at it. 
for being one of the greatest entries into all this because right away it sets a tone like you've got all this beautiful stuff it's kind of setting you up for that and then it just beats you over the top with it and then we're getting shot with arrows by hunter jk simmons and running into mystical caves and like i enjoy movies that enjoy some of this mystical element that just say right away this is the conceit we're asking you to make here you can just strap in you can decide everyone comes to it in their own timeline of all this but they give it to you right away and they give it to you with a healthy helping of arrow in the ass (laughs) just imagine imagine you're this woman and you're like about to hook up with this guy that you think is so like you know hands whatever it is and it's just like all of a sudden (laughs) one he's wearing his um boxers under his swim trunk (laughs) which you (laughs) know to ask that question as they're getting ready to have sex on a 45 degree angle on rocks (laughs) Like, that's where she's like, wow, that's what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, and he takes an arrow to the thigh. Like, it's just like, and then the, he clearly knows the guy because he yells his name. When so. he says, I thought I smelled you, you piece of shit, it kills me every single time. You wear underwear under your bathing suit? Yeah, doesn't everybody? I thought I smelled you, you piece of shit. It's so good. Oh, it's, it's a great intro because it gives us like that first day, and it's it's unlike Groundhog Day where we we kind of go through our day and then he has to get stuck and we have to figure it out. It's very nice to have have our narrator already understand the deal. Like, and we've been through these movies, we've been through Groundhog Day, we've been through Edge of Tomorrow, stuff like that. Like, we know we know the deal. It's nice to already just be there. The one. Like in retrospective, the one dark thing, not not dark, but like I I, I was giving it some thought and I, I wanted to know what you guys thought that he gets up to do the speech and it's really funny and, you know, he saves the day, whatever, like saves Sarah. But afterwards, I was like, so he, he only did that because he knows he like he's like he's decided I want to hook up with Sarah tonight. And it's kind of like the sad place that he's in. And like, but again, he kind of says that later to her like it didn't, you know, you know, feelings don't matter, whatever that whole thing. Um, that was the one thing upon rewatch that I was like, God damn, like, that's kind of like, it's really funny, but it's also like sad that like, that's what his life has come to. And it's like, all right, well, I guess, I guess I want to hook up with Sarah tonight. So I gotta, I gotta make the speech. It's like, he kind of knows how to get to all these people, including the men. Like he's, (laughs) he's really, he's really worked his way around. So that that was the one part about that scene where I was like, Oh, that's, it's almost sad. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I will, I will say in all of that. I, I mean, you mentioned it. We'll, we'll get to one of my favorite lines at some point, which is when he tries to convince, lies to her, and tell her that he fucked her dad. Peter <laughs> <laughs> Gallagher absolutely so dominates that scene. By the way, the, yeah. this, like, what are we? Why are we doing here? <laughs> the sensual, <laughs> the sensual <laughs> Peter Gallagher. I cannot. He is so handsome in this movie you guys i cannot i i didn't write this down but essentially when sarah finds out that she's stuck in the loop and it it leads to tala knocking out her teeth and peter gallagher the way he says i've found to got a dentist in town he does this one glues teeth and they're all just like oh he just ate every scene and it's just and she's like thanks daddy with her teeth and i was like oh wonderful the next scene i've got is i'm just calling i partied with roy Clear the fucking runway for J.K. Simmons. I like the best. I really want 
to wear that outfit at a wedding sooner rather than later. The hats, everything with the, I like your hat. Of course you do. Like <laughs> JK Simmons and, and Mike, you're fresh off this rewatch. Uh, the one thing with this movie, I just wish I had had more JK, but he is sizzling the entire time he's on screen. He really only knows one speed. And at this point, like we all have so much JK Simmons under our belt to know that while the characters have different names and there are certainly subtle nuances, you're essentially signing up to have him play what we all imagine is just J.K. Simmons all the time. And again, in a world without consequence, I would do a ton, a ton of strange cocaine tangent drugs with J.K. Oh, Simmons. Me. Would not oh, even have It was him. all like colors, different yeah. colors. I, and you know what? I was like, this must be like, this is like euphoria where these are drugs I've never heard of before. And so what I would, the amount of money I would pay for a V foundation auction item to be high as a kite in a bathtub with JK Simmons. No limit. No limit. That's the poll quote. That's the soundbite. You got to say. We got to we got to wait it. for Mike to be employed before we put that one out there. The, <laughs> I will say, I mean, it takes it out of his pocket, and like that's yeah. the beauty of the not part of the living every day and the living every day in this time loop is that he's like, yeah, okay, it's in his pocket, great, cool. What's he gonna do? It's just beautiful. This is uh, this is totally hypothetical. Can't incriminate me on this in any way, but like. <laughs> Nothing, by, Mike, we actually, we talked about last and set it up, like the when you, you meet a guy, you're out drinking, you meet a guy and suddenly you're best friends. Nothing bonds two men together like sharing some drugs. And like, that's you, like- Well, and even just, just like the subtle so understanding so of when he takes the so drink hurt. order and turns it into two shots of bourbon. And there's just this, uh, to, to, like there's a subtle understanding that we know how this is going to end. And to Caroline's point, the wedding is the perfect venue because this is incredibly possible. This is absolutely what is supposed to happen in this setting. And they just go and they let nature take its course. Yeah. I mean, getting J.K. Simmons for this is he's so, so good. Like it is it is hard to it is hard to overstate how perfect he is in every single scene, because not only does he do this, this hilarious drug fueled party scene, but then he gives us as deep a moment as this movie has. Like, I mean, that's why my guy's got an Oscar. Like, and yeah. he was the mayor in Zootopia, <laughs> his <Yes>. finest role. <laughs> he Zootopia, was, was very he, good. Oh, was what he a flick. Love Zootopia. I was going to say, you want to talk about movies that are tapped in with modern times. Holy <laughs> hell, Zootopia had some, Zootopia that was an onion of a movie. Yes. Tune in, tune in next month for Zootopia month. We're going to have to do a movie <laughs> month. Four, four episodes around Zootopia. <laughs> just four two-hour episodes each. Um, the next one I've got, every most good rom-coms have a solid montage of the, the building that chemistry. Alex, we talked about it with uh with when Harry met Sally, the one over the uh while they're you know watching Casablanca. This one has a great loop montage of them just having a bitchin' good time with the loop once Sarah has kind of accepted it. Um I think my favorite is the uh the wedding where he's, I was a bomb guy and he blows the explosive <laughs> and she shows up with the pirate hook. That's my favorite. But we, I mean, we get a lot. We get his little, we, we start to get insights to his little world, going to the safe house, you know, 
doing stuff like shooting, crashing the plane, the denim jacket dance, dance that Caroline mentioned. Like beautiful. Alex, what what was your favorite part of the montage? Oh, I think definitely the dance. I mean, I I love it. And they're so cute. And like when she throws him, what is it, his one millionth birthday or something? Like <laughs> happy millionth birthday, dipshit. Yeah. <laughs> it's all so good. And I think like you know, we talk about romantic relationships a lot just because of the material we cover on here. But like, I think Lasso showed us this too. It's really endearing to watch two people become best friends, regardless of what happens. Like, I just love watching that. I love watching people like start to trust each other and lean on each other and have fun with each other. And that's what I love about that. It's not some lovey-dovey romantic thing. They're out just being fools. And that's what I'm all about. So. Well, and you get that moment where they, the real first like not I mean not first but the real like heart like the moment that gets me to like grin like an idiot and then I realize I'm grinning like an idiot watching it is when they both wake up and smile like it's the it's going it's that transition from fuck I'm in this time loop to like I'm in this time loop with like this really cool person that I'm really enjoying my time with and like I get to spend all day consequence free with them like it's that it, and not necessarily that the consequence free part is what makes them smile, but it's just knowing that going from that dread to that excitement is like, I thought that they uh, telegraphed that well, just without beating you over the head with it. I just thought it was like really, really, really sweet. And she's so cute in that millionth birthday party scene with the little like oh. fuzzy ear. Like it's the cutest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And she's, like, oh my God, she's just adorable. I just love her and she should be in everything. I just don't <laughs> understand why she's not in more things. She was, she was absolutely perfect in that. I, I, I'm with you too. It was the morning smiles for me because it was, and you, this is kind of the wave he rides, but it's now I have something to look forward to every day. And this kind of gets confronted later on, but this made me think of my parents because I have often joked, like my parents are each other's like only true friend, like their only best friend. And most of their days are exactly the same. And I have watched 30 plus years of them being happier than pigs and shit doing it. And it's just like, <laughs> that's always made, like, that's always been like, and I've been fortunate, like that's always been my example of like what it's supposed to be like. And so this movie essentially like whittles away all the other stuff and just says, if you can be this happy, no matter if the background is the same every day, but you've got this dynamic person in the middle, then that's when you've really made it. And so I was like, oh, like that's that's familiar. I, I saw that for you know 30 plus years now. So that would that part was like, oh, okay, that that makes sense. So shout out to that's mom and the dad. Sweetest, that's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. I that love really that. Is. And I, you know, at the end of the movie, not to just jump around. But when she says, what if we get sick of each other? And he's like, we're already sick of each other. We're already sick of each other. And I think, you know, some people can look at that as a negative thing. Like, you know, like I joke a lot about marriage and stuff. Like, I don't want to do whatever. Um, But I think you're right. And I think I was lucky enough. My parents were the same way. They had a routine every night of my entire childhood. They would get home from work. They sat at the kitchen table and they talked to each other for an hour or two. And like, they would sort of talk to us and be like, daddy, look at my homework or something like that <laughs> every night for 30 years until like, and I mean this, even when he got sick, like this went on for a long time. And I mean, they weren't infallible. They drove each other crazy and they would get in fights and everything. They ended each day with each other because that's how this whole thing started. And they, the fact that they maintained this bubble of like, yeah, we got these two kids, but they can wait a little bit. 
I love that. And that's what that reminded me of a lot. You guys are going to like legit make me cry. (laughs) Watching this for me, like my parents were notorious for doing choreographed dances and denim jackets and busting up weddings. So it was like, it was just like a mirror for me, you know, it's like watching, watching my life story. (laughs) The thing we've talked about this month in rom-coms and, and Alex, it harkens back to when Harry met Sally is what, what we call then like the met moment, the moment where they really knew they liked each other. Like the, the rom-com has to have that. I think for this one, it is those smiles because throughout all this, this depressing situation, like they're waking up, like Sarah's waking up in Abe's bed and, and smiling. And that's, that's really, really important. And this couple too, the, the chemistry has to be, it has to be even better. I think than a normal rom-com because we're, they're stuck together like this. We have to believe above all else that these two people are very, very compatible because we as a viewer, them too, like as a couple, they need to believe that they're not just together because they're stuck together, like that they yeah. actually feel this in the end. With it. But we need to feel that more than anything. I go back to Knocked Up, a couple that is stuck together for a different reason, but paired together. And I leave that movie saying no, like that it, there's not, it, it's not there for me. Um, you know, you're kind of happy, but that, you know, they're people who are together because they kind of fell together. And that's just how the cards, the cards fell at that time. This one is like, even if these two people were not stuck in a time loop together, you could see their personalities being really compatible and then getting along really, really well. And I think that scene building that is really, really important. And that's where, um, you know, the, the, the two leads are just incredible. I think that's where they really sell the movie and where it really comes through. Like I, that, that scene for me is phenomenal, like perfect character building. Yeah. Yeah. They have to do so much work because they don't have the benefit of changing scenery. Like, or or any of the other, like they're the only two round characters that exist in this one, in this movie, or at least in like the bulk of it that we get. And you'd think like, in a dark room, two lights wouldn't have to do a ton of work, but that's kind of what has to happen in this movie. So I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. It was pretty impressive. And like, it is a reminder that like, while this, and this again comes up later and ends up being some of the crux of their dispute is like proximity is allowed to play the role in these things. Like you can, in some senses, make the best of what's around and that not be a crime in all of this. Like, so, and that's again part of part of where you know hot Andy comes into play. Is like, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course, two attractive, funny people that are in the same place for long enough would get together. Like, it yeah. takes them getting high and seeing dinosaurs, but so be it. Like, <laughs> yeah, the dinosaurs always throw me. I completely <laughs> forgot about the dinosaurs. <laughs> the next scene I've got is is find your Irvine when Niles goes up to visit Roy in Irvine and this movie, which has featured two people stealing a plane and crashing it and two guys doing drugs in a bathroom and everything else. And it's just kind of coming off a scene where Sarah and Niles have a, a massive argument. And Niles lets slip that they've had sex a thousand times and that whole thing. And this really beautiful, like again, JK Simmons homicidal maniac, <laughs> delivers arguably the most beautiful line of the movie and in, in like in finding your Irvine and giving Niles that that kind of North Star. You gotta find your Irvine. I don't have an Irvine. We all have an Irvine. 
that scene, I think on rewatch, that's the one that that got me the most. Because I think the first time you watch it, and Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, you're you're really dialed into Niles and Sarah and everything that's going on, the funny stuff. But like watching that, like that's that's a scene that just kind of jumps beyond just just this movie, like finding your Irvine just incredibly important and like the piece that Roy was able to come with. Although Roy should, Roy should, should get therapy if he gets out of the loop. (laughs) Yes. Very, very, very much. So like that was one of those where I I also kind of had to recognize my limitations because I was sitting there watching it. Like obviously a big crux of that scene is Roy's got kids and he talked about like his daughter's going to draw a picture of their family where he gets to be a cuddly gritty grizzly bear every night. And he's like, I'm never going to get to walk my daughter down the aisle. But I was like, man, he's also never going to have to watch her die. Like, and that's like, I just think about that all the time. Like, I can't imagine that pain for a parent. I I know people who have dealt with that, but like certainly have no personal experience there. And I was like, man, even if you could leave, you know, what the trade-off is like, and I, I guess that's the larger question of this movie, but it just feels like the stakes get heightened so much by seeing a parent have to kind of grapple with. I get to live every day with my family in one of the best states that I can possibly have them in. And I know it doesn't come with a lot of the strife. I know it is water and dog shit and color and pictures while my wife cooks an (laughs) awesome dinner. And and man, like there's part of that, that again, just something I don't have any experience with. I'm like, that feels like it might be a hard thing to pass up, even though you are missing a bunch of other things along the way. Yeah. Alex, when he says the, the, it was always a good day here. I think that, that really signifies parenthood and the stuff that like Mike's talking about. And that like, it doesn't have to be, you know, the, the best days sometimes aren't the ones like you think of like the going to a theme park or, you know, whatever, having a a great wedding. It's like the, the days where you just get to watch them do things. And I, it's just, it's such a beautiful moment watching Roy talk about his kids watering the dog shit. Let me tell you something. Okay. I'm a snob about some things, not like seriously. I think people should love what they love. Um, so snob's not the right word. I'm a musical theater enthusiast. All right. I was, I did theater growing up. I love it. I certainly have opinions about it. Next Tuesday. It's great my, news for musical week. I know. Next Tuesday, <laughs> my son is playing the tuna fish in his Hell school yeah, play. I have so never been more like electrified by knowing I'm, I've never been so excited to see something in my life. I know this play is going to be terrible. <laughs> this is a bunch of second graders, but terribly amazing. Like, and I, I realize, you know, and I don't think everyone should be parents, by the way. So I'm, I'm not one of those people. It's like you got to have a kid to make your life meaningful. All I can say is like, I, yeah, I really, I, however that day turns out, I could probably relive that forever because there's just something about whatever your piece is, whatever your Irvine is, whether it's kids, whether it's your parents, whether it's your siblings or best friends or spouse or whatever. I think like finding that center and knowing what makes you truly happy, not because of what it is, but because of who's involved. I think that's the dream for everybody, right? It isn't like, and I know this movie kind of grapples with the afterlife in a lot of ways, but like, depending on your denomination, like those are all ideas you would associate with ah heaven in whatever form it would come with, right? Is I get to spend eternity with the people I love in a day that I consider largely perfect. Yeah. Well, let's talk, let's talk about Nana then, because this movie heavily implies that old Nana is also stuck in this time loop. She's been to more weddings than she can count. Tell Sarah, you know, it looks like you'll be leaving. Like she, it, 
this movie heavily implies that Nana riding this boat with us, not trying to get out, just spending this day with her family. When's when's the last time that all of Nana's family has been together and she's gotten to see her granddaughters, gotten to see, you know, her son or whoever or anything like that. So that's that's the one thing, especially like, you know, Nana ticking on up there. She's not she's not Niles and Sarah. Um, it makes a lot of sense that that character would would be content staying behind. It also back and you know, begs the question: How the fuck did Nana find the cave? That um, <laughs> what was Nana <laughs> up to? What was Na- what was Nana story. doing? <laughs> Mike. And, and listen, Nana, Nana thought Andy was looking good too. All right. Yeah. Look, I, I mean, the best. What I also love is the, the, that moment in Irvine is so everything you guys just talk about. It's so sweet and it's the thoughtful moment of the movie and says so much about. I think that leads him to leaving the loop in the long run and then they perfectly cap it off with him taking an arrow to the chest in a trash can like (laughs) because he doesn't want to deal with traffic he's like help me out bro yeah he's like help me out can you kill me one more time would you kill me one more time just you know beat the traffic side yard because I remember, again, I'd seen it, but like on the rewatch, I was like, but what is he going to do with the body? Like, he's just with his body? <laughs> and then I was like, ah, oh, yes, the trash can. And he just puts on his sunglasses and just, it just that to it was like what is perfect to me about this movie. It's like, it actually has where, and this is what I will say, like, obviously, I think Set It Up and Palm Springs are very different rom coms. Like, they're definitely very different genres within the rom com, like, umbrella. Um, the the deep introspection moments of Palm Springs are much deeper than what you get from watching Set It Up, which is a much more lighthearted, relatable, funny rom-com. This has like these moments where you actually think about your life and think about what you're doing and the repetitiveness and your relationships and who you spend your time with. And in that idea of like finite time versus if I had all the time in the world, like how do these two things differ for me? But then it throws in these perfect moments that I think that's why Andy Samberg is so perfect for this role. He's like, one more time, bud. Just hit me with, just hit me with it. And it's just, it's wonderful. Can, can I stay for dinner? No, you're freaking my <laughs> wife out. <laughs> <laughs> oh. the, the last scene I've got, I want to open with a, a piece I pulled from the INDB trivia. The song that plays during the scene where Niles and Sarah attempt to escape the time loop by blowing up the cave at the moment they traveled through it was Cloud Busting by Kate Bush. Andy Samberg had it written into the script prior to approval and personally wrote a letter to Kate Bush to try to secure the rights for its use in the film. I'm saying that because... I think this may be recency bias, but this is a scene that I watch on YouTube all the time. This is the best needle drop in rom-com history. I love it. When the beat hits and they start facing the cave and like it, the glow on their faces is stunning. And since I know this is on YouTube, we're going to listen to it right now. Come on. Let's see if we blow up and die. Okay. So... Was the whole go disappearing thing for real, or was that bullshit? It's too late. You've already committed. Damn it. Where do you want to go on our first date when this for sure works? Your mom's house. Okay. This was a mistake. Your mom's a mistake. All right. In case I don't see you again, 
Alex, I know we we've talked about we talked about music a lot. We'll talk about music in general, like you know, talking Ted, any of these movies, but that that final scene, the getting together moment too, something we talked about uh, with um, with when Harry met Sally, is you know I think it's a great great getting together moment. I love it. I mean, I think it's great. Um, I don't know if I'd say it's the best needle drop in rom com history. That's listen, little recency bias, <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> my my first thought was um, pretty in pink. Remember what was that? It's like if you leave. Remember that song, and she like runs out in the rain. Like that's <laughs> the best needle drop. Anyway, um, no, but I think it was great. I think you know Andy Samberg and everything he does, um, especially like because of his wife and everything else. Like he's very smart he and the lonely island guys in general have always been very smart about the music they've chosen for their movies um i mean even hot rod most of that soundtrack was europe but like it was all impactful and it all sticks that to soundtrack you. was europe it was I'm sorry, i just love that statement so yes but i mean you know smart. even in hot rod it was mostly europe. remember the critically acclaimed film hot rod um but yeah it was good though Caroline, the line, I'd rather die with you than live in this world without you, emphatic period. Where does that send you? Oh, oh my gosh. First of all, that whole, where she, the first thing she says, I think we can all kind of appreciate that she goes, well, that was a grammatical nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> As someone whose title is managing editor, like, I absolutely love that. And it's also and where she goes, emphatic period. Isn't that just an exclamation point? I also very much connect with him going, but I didn't want to seem too extreme or whatever. <laughs> I didn't want to seem desperate as who yes. among us has contemplated an email with way too many exclamation marks. Yes. So many exclamation points. It was so, it just was so wonderful. And it just, I loved it so much. And I'm such a sap. Like, I wish that these things did not affect me as dramatically as they do. And alas, here we are recording a podcast about how great these movies make me feel. So I don't, I disagree <laughs> with that. Wonderful. I think I went through a phase um, in my early thirties where I was suddenly very cynical and not jokey cynical, but legit, like would not watch rom-coms just decided everything was bad. I think if you can live in a world like we live in today and you can find a little pleasure from a movie like this or like anything, I think it's a sign of good health, like good mental health. Oh. If you can find, I, I just believe that. that's just my opinion, yeah. you know, cause it's easy to be cynical. That's the easy thing. It's hard to find hope right now in anything. And if we can find it in a rom-com, then we're doing okay. I love that. Sorry. I didn't mean to. Damn, no, was... I love that. I, that I, moment. I, I didn't want to step on that at all. No, no notes. <laughs> that was one. I feel so much. This is, I love, this is why I love this podcast, you guys. It makes me feel so good. <laughs> oh, man. That is. No, but I, I, I think it's very right. And I think especially right now you talk about like looking for hope. A rom-com is a great delivery vessel for that. It's like a pill. Like it's sort of like a pill pocket trying to give a dog medicine. <laughs> yes. because like you're being asked to make again like this movie smacks you in the face at the beginning with arrows and a bunch of weird shit it's like no this is a movie about the meaning of life like this is like it has all of the gravity that caroline mentioned and so it's just like you know it's a different vessel for that and it's one that because you know we like all you know people tend to like rom-coms it's a great delivery vehicle to get you to that point where you're sitting there going Oh my God, like you're right. You are doing the calculus of your own life and your own decisions. Like the notion of consequence. I mean, what you guys described before talking about a life without consequence, like 
I, I, to me, everyone gets that taken from them at different points, but like that's sort of childhood, right? Like if you're lucky, you get to grow up long enough without knowing that the people that you love die or without knowing that the things you do have ramifications far past what you can experience. And everyone has that stolen from them at a different point, but at some point it is stolen. And then all of a sudden you snap into reality. It's like, oh shit, what I do matters. And it's terrifying. And so to kind of get to reverse your way out of that in this movie is a, is a fascinating way to get to it with Andy Samberg, again, getting shot in the lat by an arrow to start off with. <laughs> well, I also think it's, that's why the scene where she loses her shit is so important where he's like, there are no consequences for us, but that doesn't mean that like, yeah, we, we can still feel the pain. We can still feel the torture. Like the, the, uh jk simmons like torture montage like the real quick like <laughs> that he's waterboarded him that he's like poured gas lit him on, on fire pool. like oh man and <laughs> i will i it's not a podcast unless i go into a flight school story but just just the idea of like the we had to do these training things and the, the one thing i didn't want to do when it came to aviation i was like i didn't want to have to do the swim qualifications because i'm a terrible swimmer but they make you do all of these like you wait to swim a mile and a flight suit and boots and like this whole thing just like i don't do well in water and everyone's like why did you join the navy and i'm like well you should never be in it i'm supposed to be on it or above it <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Fair. If you're in it, something terrible has happened. Like your boat sank, your ship crashed. Like, yeah. Like your plane crashed, your boat sank, like whatever. And Join so, the Navy, anyway, not the swim team. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unless you're a diver, you should not be in it. But they make you do this thing where part of the training, you have to like jump off the tower in the pool. So the idea is like terrible things have gone on. And now all the water around your ship is on fire. And so you jump in and have to like come up and you can only let like this much of your face out of the pool and you've got to like clear the water ahead of you. Anyway, it just, that scene always makes me laugh because I just think of like Andy Samberg coming out of the water being like, what is that smell? He's standing there with a light. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's the worst situation. The Navy should like... have JK Simmons come do that. Yeah. Like all the everyone gets out of the water, just JK Simmons there to light light the fire on. <laughs> the oh, Navy, man. remember, like Long Island, you're on it, not in it. <laughs> Very good. Um, yes. Mike bringing it back, Mike talked about consequence, and like this is the first physical consequence we've seen them take the entire movie. Um, it, it's life or death. And I think it says a lot to how good we feel about this couple and how, frankly, how good this music, this incredible needle, needle drop makes us feel. <laughs> Best one of all time. We feel, we feel good about whatever's going to happen because this couple's back together. And the, like, we believe that we believe that, that they truly are like the people who would want to blow up and, you know, potentially die together. And I think that like, gets, it's a great way to wrap the movie. And then just, you know, a little bit of commentary on, I love the, you know, them out in the pool, you're not sure, you're not quite sure what happened. And then, you know, the, the, the family gets home, hollow notes hits another great needle drop. And, you know, we see some dinosaurs and we're out beautiful, beautiful ending. Uh, Alex, what is the best scene in this movie? Ah, man. Okay. Cause all right. I'm going to get real sappy. Oh God. Okay. Um, you know, I know, but I, this is major for me. So when the, the first time they hook up that she thinks is the first time they hook up. Now, mind you, we find out later they've hooked up thousands of times, but the way he looks at her is like, it's the first time. 
And that was like when Caroline talked about when they start smiling, when they wake up in bed, that was my grin, like an idiot moment, because he just like, he looked at her like he hadn't seen her before. And I think that's, that's what we want, right? You don't want to seem like old hat to somebody. If you've slept with someone thousands of times, it could still be exciting in its own way, but he looked genuinely like bewildered by it. And I just thought that was lovely. One thing he's gone 40 years without sleeping with someone that he has a legitimate connection with. Yeah. It's frankly more than just like a sim. Yeah. In, in, in that world. And so that, I mean, but for both of them, I think it, it was crazy impactful. Although Sarah, then the next morning gets tough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Caroline, what's the best scene in this movie? Oh, I'm torn. I think, I guess it, I don't know, remember directly if it was part of the montage or not, but I, I love the happy millionth birthday dipshit. Um, just because I thought it was like such a great commentary on like legitimately how much she cared for him. Like, I think we knew early on how much he cared for her. I think that was a little bit more obvious and, um, in a good, not in a bad way. Like, not like he was like, you know, puppy dog pining after her, but just like from the first speech and it was really about her coming to grips with being in this time loop. And I think that was like a good sign of like embracing that moment. Um, well, that, and it's either that or the legitimate, like the bomb scene with the cake. <laughs> so I was a bomb guy. <laughs> because he says it was clearly a discriminate background because he can't figure out what accent she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> and she's still wearing the coat, like, you know, like the fur yeah. coat. And it's just like that, those moments where like you get to see them like connecting and having like, I just, I really, really love those. And that's mostly to credit of Andy Samberg and Christina Milani. Cause I just thought again, that their chemistry and they were so great and sold it. And just <laughs> the happy birthday dipshit sign. It just, whatever it is, like that makes me so happy. It gives, they, they do something with, with like how they show her and like the, how he's seeing her in that scene. They put some backlight behind her and it's like, Oh, this guy is, this guy's in love. Yes. Yes. Thank you. That's, that's what it is. Yes. Yeah. It's he, that is the moment where like he understands that it's more for him than just like now this woman that he's stuck with or this woman that he's liked and had interactions with over different, his multiple time loop days. But like the way that he now sees her and I think, oh yeah, that's the perfect way to put it. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. It's been, it's been 40 years since someone has done something for him that surprised oh my him. God. Like incredible. Mike. About that way. I know. <laughs> Mike, best scene in this movie. Uh, so I, I agree wholeheartedly with those two as I think the mainstays on the metal stand for this one. I think especially in the in the realm of the smiling scenes, the first time it flips over to her side and you realize that it is reciprocated is to me just stellar. But I'll go back even further and say to me, best and most important is we know that part of this movie is we are going to skip past all the stuff we had to do in Groundhog's Day with Bill Murray. We are going to give you the cliff notes of this, but you do have the first time that we rotate players in this, where we go to her perspective that morning of the wedding where she wakes up and realizes she is now in the time loop and freaks the fuck out. And then the knocking out of the teeth and all this stuff happens. Like the first time they shift perspectives and you realize that's going to be a device for this movie and a really important one, I think is kind of what sets 
separates it because again, that's not a format that even every movie that's tinkered with this idea of the time loop has done where it's, all right, we're going to kind of go first person shooter on this thing and give you both perspectives as we go along. And the first time they tilt the axis on that, when you start to see her above water before she dives into the pool, I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is different in a way that is going to be special. And yeah, it's cool because you had never gotten, he had never gotten that reality before. Cause you don't get that reality unless she now is part of your reality. So like the yeah. salt, the face, the face plant and the teeth issue is not an issue that came up that would be able really for it to come up in any situation that did not involve Sarah being part of the time loop. So it's like, he got a new day. Like it was a legitimate new day in that sense. Like you can't have that situation unless she's now joined you in the time loop. Yeah. It's uh that one is, I mean, that's great. The montage is, is excellent. The montage is probably the best scene and just that, that generally how they build that chemistry. The Irvine scene is the most beautiful. My favorite is, is the needle drop at the end. I love watching them. <laughs> watch what? on YouTube. Makes me, happy. makes me happy. Makes love me that. happy. Let's take the quickest of ad breaks and get back with best quote. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so best quote. This one has very deep quotes. JK, uh, the, you know, the, the Andy Samberg's monologue at the end. Um, it also has my personal favorite, which is, uh, which is Sarah saying, You son of a bitch! You ruined my plan! Sarah, the sister of the bride, and based on her accent, from Origins Unknown! <laughs> <laughs> so good. Which is which is excellent. It this is I mean this one gets the romance. It also gets the comedy heavy, like heavy, heavy. Some laugh out loud lines of this one. Caroline, what's your your favorite quote in this movie? I think it's uh, he's talking about when she's kind of trying to figure out like the whole vibe of now being in the time loop, and he just says at one point he's like, oh, it "Takes a lot of work, and I try to live my life with as little effort as possible." <laughs> And I know this also put me a little bit back into when this came out and how we've lived in this pandemic life for two years. And like, there have definitely been times where that absolutely resonates. <laughs> where you're like, that sounds way too difficult. And I try and live my life with as little effort as possible. The, my favorite non, I don't know where else to fit this in, but 
non-verbal moment is the beginning of the dance scene where she runs in and like hits the back of the guy's hair like like, fluffs his hair that's just my (laughs) other like favorite scene where it's just like the other small moment that i absolutely love alex what quote stands out to you in this one um i'm I'm not gonna get it right but it's where niles says essentially you're going to have to live like this so your best bet is to learn how to suffer existence because yeah i mean it's like real negative (laughs) but i think there's also part of that that you can apply to your own life right um and i I think especially all of us over the past few years like we've had to learn how to suffer existence (laughs) in a world like this and so you know it's sad and it, it shows you kind of where his mentality is where you know it's essentially an existential crisis with a dash of nihilism um but yeah i just love that i think it's really good is existence is suffering or something along those lines. Isn't that a Buddhist tenant too? I want to say that is a tenant of Buddhism. I'm yeah. not hundred percent sure. It has been a while since my world theology class. So <laughs> pretty sure it is. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, yeah. And like stoicism too, there's like a little bit there in terms of being able to normalize suffering, which is terrible, but if we can do it in a way that helps us live through it, that we'll be better off than if we just lean into that pain every day. So yeah. I think to, to that extent, because I, I had the same one pulled up that was going that was going to be where I went. We kind of have no choice but to live. So I think your best bet is to just learn how to suffer existence. But I would say like the other side of the coin to that, and like not coincidentally, after he realizes he is head over heels in love with this woman, is pain matters. What we do to other people matters. Because boy, oh boy, is there like, Again, if rom-coms are about distilling down the simplest form of love, if we were going to like, if we were going to distill down like one of the simplest ways, like if you're going to hand a kid a guidebook and say what to do, it's like, that would probably be near the top of the list. Like what we do, no matter what the rest of this is, if it's, you know, if we are in a simulation, if there are gods, if there are no gods, like all the pain is still very real and you need to focus on how you affect other people. Cause none of us do this alone. Even if it feels, even if in his case, he has felt like for 40 years, he has been doing this alone. The one of my, I think one of the most important quotes too, or at least one of the most impactful quotes that kind of rolls into my, the most authentic part of this movie for me. And it kind of ties into what we're talking about here is when JK Simmons says, you know, we all have an Irvine. He's like, you got to find your Irvine. He says, I don't you know. We all have an Irvine. Just the authenticity of like the importance, I mean, getting in as deep as you can, like the meaning of life. And for Niles, like, what is that meaning of life? Like, that's something that he's he's being forced to find because he's having to suffer through existence like that. But I, I thought that was very authentic, too, because that that's something that I think, you know, not to say it's like it's difficult to find sometimes, but it, it is really like finding that peace and finding what what truly makes you happy and you have so much going on in your life at so many times and so many stressors and so many, I mean, not stuck in a time loop or anything, but there, there's stuff that really drags you down. And like, we all have an Irvine. We all have that thing that we can come back to at the end of the day. Like you got to find it, but we've all got it. That thing that you can come back, what's going to make you happy. What's worth, you know, what's worth hanging around for. And I, in a movie that 
where Andy Samberg takes an arrow to the ass like that is as deep as it can get. So <laughs> there's also a line super early, like early as in like the before she's part of the time loop and he gives that speech and starts the conversation with her and all that. And she goes, did you believe any of that? And he said, not a word. Like we're all fucking alone. And <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, I was watching it. And I was like, Oh God, oh, God, that hurts. But also you feel that sometimes. And it's just like it, Again, I just think that they do such a great job of these moments where you're grinning like an idiot because they're like, you're like, oh, they're in love. This is so great. And also those moments where you're like, I got to find my Irvine. What is my Irvine? Like, how am I going to, like, how do I get through the days? How do I manage their existence? I think it's a, for for a movie starring a guy that is from Hot Rod. <laughs> his best known work. Do, his best known work. It's really all <laughs> anyone knows him from. It's true. Critically acclaimed Hot Rod. <laughs> but yeah, you know, like it, it, it delivers. It delivers these heavy, important messages in a way that's like, you know, I've said it several times, but it just doesn't. It doesn't fully hit you over the head with it. it. Just shoots you in the ass with an arrow with it, and I love it. Well, and, and I, I said this off the top, but like what Kyle just mentioned was specifically the moment for me that was like the connective tissue with Rick and Morty, which like is another thing that, as a cartoon, as a dumbass cartoon that's supposed to be this knockoff of Back to the Future explores some of these very weighty topics. And I remember seeing like the director's cut edition where the creators are talking about it. And it's a very nihilist show in that they live on, you know, for anyone that hasn't seen it, it's essentially about, you know, multiverse theory, multiple timelines where these two can move through it. And so there is no consequence. It's that same element. And the whole idea is like in this movie, if you zoom out and consider it all in totality, everything can feel meaningless. But when you zoom in on one backyard and one afternoon and a kid watering shit, your daughter doing this, like <laughs> once you, when you zoom out, everything can be meaningless. It is those moments where you zoom all the way in and you are happy than you have ever been, been doing one thing. That is when the littlest thing is allowed to mean absolutely everything. And that to me, like always stuck with from watching that. And that was what they displayed Kyle to your point very well in that backyard scene is your Irvine is allowed to be a moment where to anyone else outside, it is the most inconsequential thing happening, but because it is your people in a place of peace, all of a sudden that can be the moment that like defines your meaning of life. That can, that can be enough. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I've talked about this before, I think with other stuff we've talked about, um, you know, loving something or someone is all based on the fact that you're not going to have them forever, right? We have limited time with them. So you should appreciate them more. And I think that's part of like where the parenting thing comes in is like, it's not so much the physical act of having a child somehow like makes you understand love more. It's the fact that you bring someone in the world and they're going to leave you in 18 years. It's like when you get a pet, they're not going to be around that long. You like, that's what makes it meaningful. That's why I'm pumped about my little tuna fish boy next week because he's not going to be eight forever. And in 10 years, he's gone. I'm almost half done with raising this kid. And like, I just, I apply that to everything else because, you know, I'm sure we all watch the good place. What killed me about the finale is like, you have, um, these two people Chidi and what's her face. Why can't I remember? Oh, Eleanor loved each other. Absolutely in love, but they got to a point they did everything. And he was ready to go. And we were all devastated because we are conditioned to be like, if you find your true love, you want to be with him forever and you wish it could go on forever. But if it did, the love wouldn't be the same because they would be there forever. The whole point of this thing is like, nothing is guaranteed. 
even if we have the most fortunate life where nothing bad happens, we're still gone in a few decades, you know? And I think like, not to bring the mood down, but I think like, <laughs> that's such a huge part of this. It's like, of course we'd love like a, a temporary time loop, you know, if we could just go like a month or something and just, that'd be great, but we couldn't do that forever. Everything would be meaningless. Why you can't attach meaning to something if it's going to be there always. 2019 was great. That was, <laughs> yeah. I, had, I had a, your girl thrived in 2019. That was my best year. It was my best, <laughs> was year. My best year. Oh man. Like I covered the file. Should board. have been the time loop year. I, know. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I have something else that I think is authentic, but I wanted to run this by the group. I, I know we mentioned Mike loves weddings. Like I love weddings, love going to weddings. Can't wait to go to more weddings. I think it's very authentic. The, just cautionary tale. Don't go to a wedding with someone as someone's date who you do not have a great relationship with, who you're in kind <laughs> of a borderline messy relationship with. I think that can only go... I have been at a wedding with someone who I, I mean, frankly, had a horrible relationship with. Guess what didn't go well? That Boy, wedding. Any of it. <laughs> like, there's, oh, man. I, I think, I think, I mean, listen, you might not get stuck in a cave in a time loop or anything like that, but just word to the wise, nothing good can happen. Niles, Niles and Misty don't, they didn't give off the vibes. They were a great relationship. Obviously, Misty was getting it. With someone else later in that later in that wedding, so like Niall should have just should have just said no. I, I'm not going to this wedding. The whole like fine. All he says is that's a good leg, and she's like, "All right, fine. I've got <laughs> five minutes." Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, Kyle. I am with you. I have uh, it. It me. I have been. <laughs> I, I have been that and and it, it is it was through no fault of hers. It was just an, an R thing was not there. She is now happily married with children and doing wonderful. She's a fantastic person, but we were not at the point where we should have been going to any damn wedding together. Like it wasn't like a situation like that where she was going to run off with someone else. We just were not there yet. And I jumped the gun because I was going to a million weddings at that time. And I really like the idea of having someone to go with who I was close enough with. So yes dangerous territory if you're ever thinking i'm right on the edge of this don't do it you don't got to do it it's a bad idea you're going to see all those pictures later ever and it's just going to always kind of feel weird to you do it for the pictures <laughs> yeah words words to the wise did anyone have something glaringly least authentic or not realistic about this one aside from the time loop did anything jump out to anyone mike you're smiling no, just to me that them having the sex on the rocks at like this angle at like <laughs> exactly like there's just they're, they're like how you even would float that i understand alcohol's involved but like i don't know we've all we've all been drunk here i don't know if i've ever been that drunk like nothing seemed again there was plenty of flat earth right around there <laughs> sarah also had her own room yeah the whole or that hotel. Yeah. yeah. Any of those things. Like, listen, I understand like a little bit of adventure is fun for everyone, but again, like sometimes we're allowed to be Kyrie Irving. Flat earth is cool. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> How do we feel about Sarah? Not at least having a doubt that she and Niles had sex. Like he admitted to having sex with a dude, but she's like, we really haven't had sex. And he's like, no, and she's like, Oh, okay. Like she, she had to have suspected it the entire time. Because, frankly, she is 
arguably the most eligible person at that wedding for him. They make the most sense to hook up. Yeah, but that's life. I think part yeah, I think part of it, I don't think she knew how long he was in there either. Like, if we're talking like a week, maybe you haven't, yeah. or maybe you think you're like hard enough to get. Not hard to get, hard to earn. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Alex, Alex needs to go watch Set It Up. <laughs> I know. I will watch whole, Set It Up eventually. Need to do it. Need to do it sooner rather than later. Wait, I so I have one. I do have one question. Do we think this is the best plot use of a goat since Jurassic Park? <laughs> wow. Oh man, I don't know. Definitely. I also, I think this goat things are, I mean, the goat, I guess, got out of the time loop. So we're assuming that this right? goat is fine like the goat. versus ah, Ju- right? Jurassic Park goat. <laughs> Did not make not, fine. Mm-hmm. Not, uh, fine. not fine. <laughs> one, of, one of the subtly beautiful things about this movie is because we know they are getting tons of reps, like shout out to both of them. They're honorary offensive linemen because the only way to get better is reps in time. Like that's the <laughs> only thing that does and helps you learn. But because of that, it is so believable that she could find a fuck ton of C4 to attack right? to this goat. Like, <laughs> everything is believable when you are operating in a perpetual time loop. Because like, of course you'd have time to go and track down and maybe do crimes in order to get you C4. <laughs> she knows where this is. It's funny to think about her waking up. Her waking up <laughs> and being like, all right, I got to go pick up the C4. The place I just... <laughs> Just oh. <laughs> so, so good. By so the way, good. this does, this doesn't fit into any of the unbelievable stuff, but like subtle moments that we forgot about when Andy's trying to get to her in the last scene and he shows up to the shooting range and goes, 30 years ago, you lost your virginity in a bathroom. I'm your son. It was, <laughs> again, like another perfect use of the space. Another absolute perfect use of all the tools at your disposal. Listen, so, uh, listening is so important. He listened to this man talk for 40 years, basically. So I made kind of a list of, they kept it, and, and Sarah says this, like we keep it pretty straight during the day and then we, you know, and then we get out of here at night when she's laying out this plan. They don't do a ton that is like, there's going to be major repercussions for um, the one thing is like, that's the biggest thing. Like Spuds now thinks that he has a long lost son and it's Niles at the end of this. Uh, he gets punched in the nose by the bartender. So that's, that's probably hurting the next day. You would think, um, Niles and Misty definitely done. Cause he didn't, he didn't go to the wedding. He just, uh, I think, I think he just, he just left. Right. Here he was. I think he was drinking at the bar. Um, and then Sarah makes the choice. We haven't really talked about this at all. Sarah makes the choice because she's assuming that this will be the day that counts, at least in her, yeah. her timeline. She makes the choice to, to try to let her sister be happy with Abe. She chooses to not ruin this wedding, which is an, which is an interesting choice. I would say the right choice, because even if it doesn't work out, it goes out in flames that comes out after the fact, if she ever gets married again, she will think about if Sarah would have told her, she would have thought about my first wedding during the wedding. My sister told me she slept with my, with my groom. And so that would be what that would be that always thing. I think I'm getting some skeptical faces. Caroline, should she have told her sister? Well, if we're going to talk about things she should have done, listen, yes, a lot of choices were made. I, yeah, I guess, you know, I think if you're now making the choice to, end your time loop and get out like 
okay, fine. I can get on board with it because it's, and I say that only because like it, that felt like the moment to go forward. Obviously you risk slash guarantee a destruction of your relationship with your sister that I think the speech that she gave at the wedding was super sweet about like, you know, as the older sister, I'm supposed to teach you. I learned so much from my younger sister, yada, yada, yada. Um, but he's still a piece of shit <laughs> and you're letting your sister get married to him is really like where, where I'm making my skeptical faces is like in there where it's like, you were also the one that did the terrible thing, but she, like staying married to abs McGee. <laughs> they were lovely. Look, we're not mad at it. It's a good I would have couple. liked for them to be, you know, clearer a little bit. <laughs> not digitally yeah. unenhanced is that what happened <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I that that is my only hesitation like I understand and support the decision she made but the fact remains that her younger sister that she does love is married to a piece of crap but yeah you know it is nice to see that someone's because I, I don't know the only thing I would dispute is that there is a quote-unquote right way to do this because either way there is the potential for major league damage I appreciate that someone goes through that many reps and still makes what is in some ways the selfish choice here, which is to say if that relationship's going to die, it's not going to involve me here now. Most often these movies want to come in and you come in at the end and you're like, no, I'm going to do the morally correct thing here yep. and I am going to fall on the sword in this. And she's like, no, I've lived a bunch of different versions of this hell for a long time now, and I am going to let this situation not deal with that because I've already dealt with it 10,000 times here. So there's part of it that I think is kind of relatable because if we're all, again, put in that decision, we all want to imagine we do the right thing, but that's not always the case. So, yeah, it's a it's it's a tough call. I I'm glad I wasn't the one who had to make it. Glad that was <laughs> glad that was in Sarah's court. I just don't believe in embarrassing somebody in a public moment. So, you know, a lot of times when I think people think this is the right thing to do, they want to make themselves feel better. And they're not thinking of what it does to the other person. Mm. That's why I like how that turned out. Not to say like, I can't debate, like, should she have, she could have pulled her aside. Sure. But I mean, this is supposed to be the best day of her life. And, you know, like the way she looks at him, she's like, don't fuck it up. I just you know, the trauma of that happening is bad enough, but the trauma of being told when all eyes are on you on like the most special day of your life, that inflicts more harm on a person, I think. Which she does in one of the earlier moments in that movie in the earthquake yeah. scene. Yeah. I, I almost forgot about that. You're right. Yeah. yeah. The quote unquote um, good karma scene. <laughs> yeah. 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 I will say one of the scenes that made me laugh was um, when he was telling her like everyone that he had slept with whatever. And he mentioned Darla and she goes, <laughs> I bet that was actually better than you. And he's like, <laughs> you would be correct. <laughs> like, you would have been right. Yeah. You would have been right. Like, I just thought there was something like so funny and so endearing about that moment. And really any of the scenes at that bar, like the dive bar with the locals, et cetera, et cetera. Like I thought was a real like fun, you know, she's playing pool for shots from like the random guy. And like, you know, she's upped her game a ton, like since, um, mm -hmm. you know, getting her, speaking of getting her reps in, you know, it's something that she's gotten like really good at. That's <laughs> like, the best yeah, part like, of the I dart scene too. You can be great at everything with this time. It's <laughs> true. Just spend some time getting good at a ton of stuff. And I just, I think that that is just such a fun 
I just love that. Like you would have been correct. <laughs> it's one of the fun things with the time loop tool. Like they, they do a really good job of exploring the time loop tool in this. Like the Groundhog Day does the same thing, like learning the intricacies of some of our supporting characters, essentially like our, our CPU video game characters in this one. You learn a little bit about Darla, about Spuds, like they're shooting the, the face they're shooting is the guy that Spuds' wife <laughs> ran off with. Like you, you learn stuff like that. Like that's a, it's a fun little thing. Like you, you know, you learn about the groomsmen with drugs and, and all that <laughs> stuff. So they, they do a good job of, of using the fun little things about the time loop and that they know, they know all these people intimately, but they have no idea you know, these people have no idea who Niles and Sarah are. That's, that's that's really fun. Another thing about this movie that works, Roy's house is lovely. I just want to comment on that. This yeah. might be the dad thing. Great setup. He's got the <laughs> pool, but he's also got some side yard. The pool doesn't take up the whole house. He's got the covered patio, got a grill out there. I mean, finding your Irvine is easy when that's your Irvine. Because yeah. Roy's, Roy's got a great setup. The trash cans are out of sight. It's always good too when there's yeah. just a dead body in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can if you commit have to a murder. shoot a man. Yeah, if you just shoot a man in the heart with an arrow, it's good that it's out of <laughs> Do we want to move on to the Lenny Harris Pinch Hitter Award for Best Supporting Character? I think last week's and Set It Up was one of the toughest ones that we've ever had. I feel like this is one this of the This might easiest. be the easiest. Yeah. This is this is J.K. Simmons showing up with that hat. <laughs> And being me pictures of Spider Man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I just wanted to say that at one point. Something I love to speculate on often, and something I would love to do a podcast about, is like imagining taking a movie. And then taking an actor in that movie and a and a character they played in something else inhabits them in that movie. So like this movie, but J. Jonah Jameson is stuck in, in the time loop. And hot rod. And hot rod and hot rod is stuck in the time loop. He would become a better stuntman because there's no repercussions for that. He would try everything. It's true. This would be great. Alex Alex is like. Don't share my screenplay. (laughs) (laughs) You saw nothing. (laughs) Hot Rod 2, the time loop. (laughs) I'd write it. Too hot, too rod. Time loop. Perfect. Perfect. I'd watch it. Yeah. Uh, Mike, you had something on JK. It, it was the, I, it was the idea you mentioned of subbing in someone else's character. Cause I know I kind of said it about JK Simmons, but it's not fully true, but you could do that with the rock in any movie he's ever been in. And it would fit seamlessly into whatever movie you plug other, other movies you plugged him into. Like even the rock and the tooth fairy would be wholly equipped to handle <laughs> what goes on in Jumanji or what goes on in San Andreas. Like all of those, he'd be fine. So I didn't realize it. I saw the meme. I saw the meme that he literally wears the same outfit in yes. every single movie. And I was like, damn. And I actually really like, well, San Andreas. San Andreas? That movie was wild. Yes. Like, wild. Jumanji, kind of enjoyable. Not going to lie. I had fun with those. Yeah, listen, I mean, and once you've seen him redirect a submarine missile on top of a frozen (laughs) body of water, you can believe anything that he does on screen at that point. So was it Skyscraper? He was in that one, too. Yes. Oh, 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 yes. 
excellent, by the way, oh. top-notch award-winning flick. If you haven't seen it, <laughs> go wait, download Skyscraper. Wait, is, hold on. Is Skyscraper the one where he's got a prosthetic leg? Yes. yes. And he jams it on right before he makes that jump yes. across? Yes. yes. No notes. Yes. Flawless movie. No notes. <laughs> Listen, a movie that's been covered on this show, The Rundown, excellent. Five stars. <laughs> Love The Rundown. Okay. The, the, no notes. What if, what if Indiana Jones but The Rock? Like yeah. the, the rock is, is a bounty hunter like perfect um the big chill i think i have i i think i've made my feelings necessary about the the cloud busting drop just perfect <laughs> gets me we get I don't, it I, it's just Did the you best like that song at that moment or was it like i might i might play it again right now wow. <laughs> it's, it's that good what was the first dance at your wedding the first that dance song. was Beyond, <laughs> Beyond by Leon Bridges. Stop. Kyle, you romantic and, son of a bitch. And, and <laughs> the night, I so the night, you. The, <laughs> the night before, to get even more romantic, the night before, because Alex knows this, we had the small COVID wedding. Um, we just, we stayed, we stayed together in our Airbnb, just me and her. Uh, watching Bridgerton and practicing our first dance to Beyond and Leon Bridges. Was, probably practicing I, a lot of stuff. I was going to say, I was really wondering what you practiced based on that intro. So that was the most PG outcome possible. I was like, listen, I have heard enough string quartet Taylor Swift Wildest Dreams to have that memory associated with one thing and one thing only. So. Oh, Lord. Fun Dirty fact, uh, that song, Beyond, has a smoke alarm go off in the background just once, just like one smoke alarm beep and it took us a long time to figure out that it was not like a smoke alarm <laughs> wait really yes go listen to I, it wow there's Don't you'll hear twice. you'll hear one beep you'll hear one yeah i it's literally great. tweeted early like before this podcast started i was listening to leon bridges right before i logged on and i legit tweeted like leon bridges is always a vibe he's the best I, i'm obsessed like absolutely obsessed and it's all thanks to that dumb, uh, not dumb. It's great. Uh, the HBO show with uh, Nicole Kidman and Reese. Um, oh, oh, Big Little yeah, Lies. Yeah, because oh, the, Big Little, uh, yeah. the daughter had like the playlist, and she put River on it, and like that. I don't want to be dramatic, but it changed my life. <laughs> well, I mean, the, River River has had its use in a couple of HBO shows because the River moment for me was in Lovecraft Lovecraft Country. When they're trying to escape from the castle and his uncle and the, I don't want to spoil it for anyone watching, but yeah. there's a very emotional moment in all of that. And river needle drops in the background. And you want to talk about Good the big chill. Lord. Holy shit on a stick. Good guys. Lord. <laughs> he's, he's, I'm going to see him for the third time in concert in May. Love. Absolutely obsessed. Um, Any, he anyone does who can do sideburns like that. Oh, oh yeah, fantastic! He does the, a version the, of July with Noah Cyrus, by the way. Uh, Immediately, as soon as we finish, go go listen. The to uh, the Texas Monthly profile on him a few months ago was excellent. Would recommend it to to anyone. Texas Monthly, great journalism. It's an um, incredible <laughs> magazine. It's my favorite magazine. Yes. It's a, it 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 makes Wait, so best, best part about Texas. I need to find this. It's won national magazine awards like every year. It's some of the best really? picture writing in the country. Yeah. Oh, is this how going home helped inspire Leon Bridges' new album and save his life? Mm-hmm. Wait, yes, one. my mom gave me that. I oh. think I have that somewhere here. Sorry, I just got very high pitched, very loud. I just want to point out that like this time last week recording set it up, we're deep in like Top Gun 2 talk, and now we're deep in Leon Bridges' talk, folks. We just <laughs> tangent. So sorry. 
We're Podcast getting bad and keeping range, it on the rails. Okay, <laughs> ranges. Might do a mashup of rom com month of things that we talked about that were not the movies. <laughs> um, does anyone have anything to improve this movie? They would. They would. Any change that they would make to improve this one? Mike, you've got more the JK fresh Simmons. eyes on it. More JK. More JK Simmons is the big one. Like that, I could have used one, one or two more. Like I would have loved Roy's first, first day, like first time realizing he's in the loop because he wakes up in Irvine. He wakes up with his wife, presumably. Yeah, honestly, more J.K. Simmons would never hurt anyone. But like, I know it gets worn out. I don't have a lot of notes for this one. Like, I, Mm -hmm. I hesitate to call anything perfect, but like it just gave us so much of so much. And like, it all felt earned. Like, I don't know about you guys. There wasn't part of this where I looked and went like, oh, that's a little too convenient. Maybe part of that is having the, you know, quite literal scapegoat of a time loop, but I, uh, so you're going to yeah. say the goat, yeah. <laughs> a quite literal scapegoat that like yes. showed them the way out. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I, I I really, and like even talking about it more now and hearing some of the things that you guys saw that I didn't fully internalize on the first watch this time, like it is a movie with uncommon depth and I really appreciated it. Much like for our last category, much like a time loop before more restore prequel, sequel or remake, actually a lot of, a lot of options. I would say, I mean, remakes off the table, this movie's two years old, but a lot of options for something we could see. Do we want to see Nana? A movie movie focused <laughs> on our girl Nana in the time loop? I do we want to see what happens next? Do we want to see Niles? There's there's potential. It's out there. I'm not saying I I mean, if it came out tomorrow, I would stream it, pay for it, yeah. whatever. I'm not saying I'd for sure want to see it or think they should do it. I think I think they tied this one into a nice little bow, but there's options. I'm going prequel any of the, like, I would watch, again, I would watch any of it if it streams tomorrow. Sign me up 100%. The one thing I don't, and this might be a, might be a me thing. I don't know. We'll see. Um, when I watch rom-coms or TV shows, uh, I like the lead up to them getting together. I don't want to see the after is that bad like it's the jam pam, pam like, effect yes jim and pam it's uh well i i always say it's pacey and joey because dawson's creek is not about dawson for me it's all about pacey joshua jackson was my first crush shout out joshua jackson in <laughs> mighty ducks not just dawson's creek but i have i have had a constant crush on that man for my entire life like legit like first crush till like you know stuff maybe not dr death that's a little too much like but i just mean like i like where they ended it for them because i always feel that it's hard to keep up what they've created in the build-up in a lot of these situations so like the build-up of them getting together and getting out of the time loop is perfect for me i don't want to see the follow-up where they're getting mad at each other for running out of ketchup or something ridiculous like you know, I don't, I don't, that's like, I don't know why it's the first thing I thought of, but like, so I'm going prequel. I, I would, I would go with you on that one. I think even if it would feel a little bit like, you know, again, the Groundhog's Day comp is always there. Andy Sandberg is talented enough and hilarious enough to where I would love to see his journey to that point. 
through his eyes. Like, I think he would do a fantastic job with that. So this is something we talked about with set it up last week, this couple in on seeing them in another unrelated rom-com. Yeah. All in favor. Say aye. Yeah. Aye. Aye as hell. (laughs) Just consider. So, um, I don't know if you guys have watched modern love on Amazon. There are two seasons of it. It's, mm-hmm. um, I don't remember how many episodes there are, but it's based on real love stories that were published in the New York times. And Kristen Milioti plays in the like season one, episode one, cause every episode's a different story. And she plays just this incredible role of like a, a single mom in New York city. Who's also like a writer and editor. I can't imagine why I like it. Um, but <laughs> she's just, it's like what Caroline said, I want to see her in more things. She's a perfect rom-com person. Like, I think she's so super talented, but she's kind of got that Meg Ryan effect where like, she's just so adorable. You know, she can do no wrong. I was going to, I was going to ask you, Alex, taking it all the way back to to week one of rom-com month, you, me and Felder, we could not come up with who could anybody be Harry and Sally. It's true. She, yeah, she could do it. Is there, I don't, know if I'd pick, <laughs> I don't know if I would pick as much as I love their connection in this. I don't know if I'd pick Andy Samberg for Harry though. I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't no. know. He might be, might be too hot Andy. I think Sudeikis is Harry, but. Oh my Ooh. God. But Alan. he's so, he's so good looking. Though. But you I saw him say, He's sleeping. better looking than Andy. But you've seen you him in Sleeping with Other People. They made him look really dorky. Like, he, he can look destroyed really destroyed my world. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've seen Sudeikis look super dorky. And if you watch Sleeping with Other People, they give him this terrible haircut. And, like, he's cute-ish, but I think he could get away with it. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest drawback for him in Sleeping with Other People is his personality. Yeah, well. I also, I don't know what the age difference would be, which I think would play in, but... Um... Jason Bateman has become a favorite of mine. Mm. The, the Fox from like, Zootopia. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the Fox from, yes. Oh, Zootopia. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you want dynamic <laughs> folks? <laughs> We've gotten to Leon Bridges. We've gotten to Zootopia. Um, I let's, started with trolls. Let's uh let's wrap up rom-com month with that. Uh, I don't think this is the last of rom-coms on this podcast. I think we are going to make at least one a month or one every two months a regular thing. Um, Alex McDaniel, parting thoughts on rom-com month and where can the people follow you? Uh, this was super fun. Thank you for having me on. I love that we've brought this past Ted Lasso and now we have like a rapport and stuff. Uh, so thank you for bringing me on. They, you can follow me at Alex McDaniel, or, but really just follow For the Win at For the Win and for the win on Instagram and ftw.usatoday.com. Caroline? All that, but put bed in front of it. <laughs> yeah, all that, but put bed in front of it if you want some <laughs> sweet, sweet bedding content. Um, and I'm excited to build on this and get into Battleship and Pacific Rim, where I really will be able to thrive. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know. <laughs> my, my lovely wife was listening to our Set It Up episode today and texted me and said, Board Game Month is a great idea. So we might have to do clue. I mean, we did, we talked about Jumanji. Yeah. Yeah. You get both Jumanji's in that too. Yeah. Yeah. Actually there's four weeks for you right there. You do double Jumanji week, you know, original, but yeah, this has been so fun. And and I think I agree. We talked a little bit about it last week with set it up, but with set it up and now this, I think this has been a really good 
direction for rom-coms. I think that they were easily kind of fell off or had a really negative stereotype. And we talked about a lot too, with like what even is a rom-com. So I think this, this was a widely accepted and watched and appreciated movie that I, I think very clearly falls under rom-com. So I, I appreciate that we got a chance to talk about it and talk about how great it was. And when you guys all watch, I want you back, which just started streaming on prime. I've seen it. It's wonderful. Because, oh Yeah. Wait, are we going to do a Marry Me podcast? Because I... Oh, God. I can't finish that movie. I've tried to watch that movie three times. I cannot finish it. (laughs) What? I haven't watched it yet. It's on the list. It's It's awful. Y'all, I used to watch everything Owen Wilson was in, no matter what. So I thought this would be easy. It's not. I've tried three times. I cannot get into it. You want to talk about the believability of a couple. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. 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 <laughs> Mike, where can the folks follow you? Uh, at Mike Golick Jr. on all platforms. Uh, more announcements of whatever the hell turns into whatever the hell else come up soon. Uh, rom-com is not a four-letter word, as Alex said earlier. Like what you like. <laughs> love what you love. It is yes. all cool here. Life is too short. Watch the damn rom-com. Yep. Damn right. If you enjoy this episode of Big Screen Sports and you enjoyed Rom-Com Month, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, rate and leave a review. Episodes every Monday. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash bigscreensports. That'd be great. Next week, great episode with author Jeff Perlman, author of the book Showtime, which the new series Winning Time on HBO is based on. That'll be a great one. We'll catch you in a week. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.